ladies and gentlemen, guess what? After being gone for over a year, we're back in back-to-back weeks. <laughs> or is it the same week? No, it's back-to-back weeks. Yeah, so same month. When it comes to the Comic Relief Podcast. <laughs> we are unpredictable. Super hasn't been unpredictable. the same month, has it? Yeah, the last one was December in yeah. Big Bear. That's uh, oh, oh, no, that was power. November. That was November. It's all good. We're back. That's all that matters. <laughs> I'm your host, Michael Moreno. With me, as always, every month on the month, right, guys? Totally. Thomas and Amy Logue. What up, y'all? What up? Hey. Face the mic, please. Hey! I'm the mic. I'm the mic Oh No, I, I I got in trouble already. Oh, for what? For not facing the mic? Yeah. Yes. Did you get distracted? Yeah, there's a lot of Legos in this room. What kind there of Legos are there? Star Wars Legos. What? On topic. <laughs> so are they going to re-release the Slave 1 or what? Are we going to go with that route? Do you have the Slave 1, by the way? I do. He does. I have two of them. What? There's two of them? How many versions of them are there? Uh, there's like three or four now. Uh, oh. The latest one has a bunch of extra figures that I don't have. Like who? Uh, I can't remember. Um, I just know that it's like $199 now for a Slave 1, and I can't afford. And I don't have room for another Slave 1, to be honest. He does not. Dang. So, jumping jumping right into this thing, like head first, feet first, however you want to cannonball into this thing, you think Mando's <laughs> going to get the Slave 1? I don't know if he will because I can't see Boba Fett giving up his ship. Unless no. he unless he lifts or uh, Ubers. Yeah. Lift? Like lift, the ride, L Y F T. Amy's making a really uh, bad Boba. funny. Ha 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 Boba is essentially uh, a Mando's Uber driver, right? Yeah. He's like, Yeah, yeah man, I'll take it. Yep. <laughs> the meter's running. He's <laughs> <laughs> the coolest Uber driver ever. Yeah, and to be clear, we're going to be doing spoilers for Mandalorian. (laughs) If you don't know, if by this point you have not heard or seen the episode, heard about the heard about or seen the episode, then I'm sorry. That's that's just unfortunate. (laughs) So we're covering two episodes, right? Yeah, the Ahsoka episode. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Then tomorrow we get a new episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, So just for the record, we are. Uh, we've watched up until the um, the spoilers Boba Fett episode. Anyways, it's the <laughs> coolest episode on top of all the other cool episodes, but we'll get into that in a second. I feel like every episode is attempting, not intentionally to like show off, but each episode this season seems to one-up the previous episode. I, I You know what? I will... Um... I will counter that by saying that this season started with a lot of what felt like filler episode... A lot of side quests, and then just all of a sudden it was like, bam, Bo-Katan, bam, Ahsoka, bam, Boba Fett. Like, what? After, like, having a, a, a Din Djarin fighting spiders for an episode. It's it, it's the strangest thing, but it works so well. Having patience paid off this season, because you kind of sit through these first few episodes where they're cool. Don't get me wrong. I love them. I, love, I haven't been upset or disappointed by a single episode. But they just kept escalating and escalating and escalating, and they just kept one-upping each other. So do you want to go into that, or do you want to talk about some of the news that I got that they released today about future Star Wars releases? Let's go into the news. Yeah, let's, 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 uh, let's warm up before we jump into uh, the spit, spit takes. 
All right, this is straight from StarWars.com. Rogue Squadron. The next Star Wars feature film will be Rogue Squadron, directed by Patty Jenkins, who did the Wonder Woman franchise. The story will introduce a new generation of Starfighter pilots as they earn their wings and risk their lives in a boundary-pushing, high-speed thrill ride and move the saga into the future era of the galaxy. So this is post-episode 9? It doesn't really say where the timeline sits. It just says the next Star Wars feature film will be Rogue Squadron. Uh, Yeah. I think it's a great director. It's coming out... Christmas 2023. And what's cool is Patty Jenkins did a little thing on her Twitter where she talked about her father and how he was a high-speed, um, you know, pilot himself. And that as a kid, she would watch him, you know, booming through the sky. And he lost his life for this country. And she said that she's been trying to tell a story to honor her father, but never found the right story until now. And then she uh, puts on the like the x-wing fighter pilot helmet and yeah. she's at an airport and they basically special effect a x-wing that she's walking towards i love to move fast and speed of any kind i think that that's because i grew up the daughter of a great fighter pilot and every day i would wake up and go outside and look up see my father and his squadron taking off and their F-4s roaring across the sky and it was the most thrilling thing still I've experienced in my entire life. So when he lost his life in service to this country, I, it ignited a desire to, in me to turn all of that tragedy and thrill into one day making the greatest fighter pilot movie of all time. But try as I might and look as I did, I couldn't find the right story ever. I kept looking and looking, but I just couldn't find the right one until now. Now I found a movie about two things I love. So I'm gonna see you very soon. So you can see that on Patty Jenkins' um, Twitter, which is at Patty, J-E-N-K-S, which was kind of cool. There is an untitled, you're going to have to correct me on his name, Taki Watiti. Taika Watiti. Yeah. He has a Star Wars feature that's coming Mm -hmm. out, but it's currently untitled. And he says, expect it to be fresh, unexpected, and unique. His enormous talent and sense of humor will ensure the audiences are in for an unforgettable ride. God, he is just... This dude uh, came out of nowhere, man, and he's been killing it with his Marvel and Star Wars. He's one of these guys that they they just let do whatever they want. Him, the Russo brothers, Favreau obviously is doing whatever he wants. I mean, they have have a nice bench of uh, directors that Disney is just killing it with i love yeah. it he did i mean he did in season one he did one of my favorite episodes the one that had the biker scouts yeah that was the finale yeah he yeah. is so good with the biker scouts when they're shooting at the can boom, boom, did, it shakes you know, his gut one of, those, uh, one of those bikers was jason sudeikis 
Yes, that's right. I don't know. I don't know. Until recently, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense." <laughs> All right, and this next one, I'm curious to see how you react to this one. The next one that I want to talk about, we've already known. Mm. Obi Wan Kenobi is coming out. Uh, Lucasfilm yep. announced the return of Ian McGregor, but not only that, the series will be directed by Deborah Chow, who helmed the memorable episodes of The Mandalorian in season one. And the big thing is Hayden Christensen has been confirmed as returning as Darth Vader. Do it. Yes. Right now. Is, is it going to be a series or is it going to be a feature film? Yeah, it just says that this will be a rematch of the century. So it's probably going to be, I bet, a mini series. I am a hundred percent on board with uh, you know what uh, honestly right now with in, in the Favreau Filoni verse I am I'm back in it I am back in it 100 percent I feel like they're very much on par with what Marvel's doing in, in their movies where they can just do it do it do it all do a freaking Luke Skywalker show I don't care and the next one will excite you it's Ahsoka yeah. and it's written by your man David Filoni Nice. And it'll be produced by David Filoni and John Favreau. I am so happy to hear that. Before, before we you you you, you move on though, um, <laughs> let me talk David about my man. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Please give me a second. It's going to be very interesting, right? So now they're casting all the they're bringing all these people back, right? And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the success of The Mandalorian. But you know, now we got Ewan McGregor back on board, and we're hearing Hayden Christensen. Ahsoka's a hit. Boba Fett coming back is a hit, right? So, if I wonder if they'll bring Hayden Christensen over to the Ahsoka Tano show because she has strong ties to Anakin. She was Anakin's Padawan, and they had a very, very strong relationship, which carried over from Clone Wars into Rebels. Yeah, and it was one of the finales. Was uh, spoilers on Rebels if you guys haven't seen Rebels, but. There was an Ahsoka and, um, and and Vader moment. You know, they have a lot of moments together. So will they bring Hayden Christensen in for the Ahsoka show as well? I say do it. Well, it's going to probably depend on where Ahsoka is taking place, what timeline, right? Flashbacks, man. Just give me some flashbacks. I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because obviously Rosario Dawson is older Ahsoka. But, hey, even if they just use Hayden Christensen's, I don't know, his, 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 his voice, his likeness, something, it would be a cool touch. Whoever does the voice of Vader in Rebels does a really good job of mimicking James Earl Jones. Is it not James Earl Jones? I, I, thought, he, I thought it actually was. Oh, uh, it could be. I mean, Disney could be paying for that. I just assumed it wasn't, that they just got someone who had a really good, close, similar voice. Because I, um, I know that the, the, I forget the, the, the gentleman that plays C-3PO. Anthony Daniels. Anthony Daniels. I went through all that. I went through Jeff Daniels. I went through Daniel Craig. <laughs> He's only ever voiced C-3PO. No one's ever done it outside of him. So next down the line is Star Wars Rangers of the New Republic. This is set in the timeline of The Mandalorian. This is a new live action series from executive producers John Favreau and Dave Filoni which will intersect oh, with nice. future stories and culminate in a, into a climatic story event. So that one should make you excited because your so, man okay, Dave I, Filoni I is in so it. Many things. I have so many things to talk about. Go ahead. All right. So, so many questions. So next down the line is Lando. Everyone's favorite scoundrel, Lando Calrissian, will return in a brand new event series for Disney+. Justin Seaman, creator of the critically acclaimed Dear White People, and huge Star Wars fan, is developing the story. Simon. S-I-M-I-E-N. 
Young Lando, um, older Billy D. Lando. No, it, it says, doesn't say anything. Yeah, it says everyone's favorite scoundrel, Lando. So you know they, what? I will I will go either way. If they have Childish Gambino or Billy D. or both in uh, flashbacks and fast forward flash forwards, I'll be so okay with that. Wasn't it Danny Glover who did Young Lando? No, that's Childish Gambino. It was Childish Gambino. Donald Glover, no relation. He says mm-hmm. in the song. What? Donald. It's Donald Glover. Glover. Yeah, that's what I said. But he's, he's also his he's alter beautiful. ego is Childish Gambino. Yeah. Oh, I'm not and too he's hip. A singer. You also said Danny Glover. Who oh, did I? Who's, who's lethal from weapon. Lethal Weapon, which is a totally different African American person. <laughs> and they're yeah, not related. Also, it's one of Tom's favorite movies. So yeah, you that's got, why it was you there. Got off a Lethal Weapon reference <laughs> in the podcast, which is great. <laughs> the next one I'm curious about, like when I read about it, I was like, eh. So the next one is entitled. Well, Anth- wait, wait, wait. What did you say it was? The next one is entitled Andor. And when I first heard about it, I was like, is that another moon next to Endor? Because it's, it be. it's A-N-D-O-R, but no, it's not. They ran out of names. <laughs> Andor is a tense, nail-biting spy thriller created by Tony Gilroy. It's set to arrive on Disney Plus in 2022. Diego Luna, reprising the role of rebel spy Casey and Andor from Rogue One, will be joined by a fantastic new cast that includes Stellan Skysgard, Adria Arjona, Fiona Shaw, Denise Goh, Kyler Soler, and Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Matha. Production kicked off three weeks ago in London. Those Skysgards, they're everywhere. They're everywhere, yeah. They're in Vikings, they're in True Blood. Yeah. Yeah. So Cassian Andor, right? Yes, Cassian Andor, which is the yeah. the rebel spy dude who stabbed the guy in the alleyway, right? That was, it was uh, okay. I like Rogue One a lot, and he, I'm kind of, I won't say that I'm ecstatic. It's hard to say that I'm ecstatic about um, uh, Cassian Andor in a world where we just got a Taika Waititi, uh, uh, Ahsoka Tano, Obi Wan, Hayden Christensen, like in in all of this news. Right, it's hard to say. Like, yeah, dude, I'm stoked for a Cassian Andor show, but I'm excited for this. This is good. This is hopefully um, they do they do the character justice because I really like those characters, and I'm really glad that um, they're bringing at least some of that cast back. For obviously, it's going to be flashbacks, right? Because spoilers, they all yeah. die. But this goes back to what we talked about, Amy, with the whole marketing thing, where it's like once you kill the characters off, you can't do anything with them, and it's it's nice to see that Disney's doing something with characters. they rec- I'm sure they recognize that there is a fan base for this movie. It was critically... I won't say it was, I, a lot of people love this movie. You're right. Exactly. But so I, I still don't think the merch know. is going to sell. Well, no. I mean, it depends on what they do. If they give us some sort of a cute BB-8, Paul, Porg, uh, friggin' Baby Yoda character out of this thing, maybe. My point is, is kudos to Disney for, for bringing these guys back, for recognizing that people like this movie... And people like the characters. This one or... actually has a sizzle reel already. Everything I did, I did for the rebellion. Rogue One, in many ways, it's a film that connected new audiences with the, the oldest fans. bittersweet feeling, you know, on the premiere. 
knowing that it was just one film. But then magic happens, right? As you can see, we're getting ready. We're building stages, we're rehearsing, we're training, we're trying costumes, we're doing everything to make sure we do the best show. I'm really excited having the chance to explore Cassian. It's really fun to go on a set that is emulating something you like so much. The enormity of this is like doing a big feature film. It's very cinematic. For me, that's where the excitement is. 12 episodes, 12 scripts, over 200 named cast members, over 6,000 crowd people, a lot of creatures that come in from the creature department. We treat this exactly like we would have, would have filmed. There is no difference in our approach. Every creature and droid that we've been building has the same care, level of attention to detail as the previous films. It's huge, it's thrilling, but also it's wonderfully challenging. There's tons of possibilities to explore. It is the building of a revolution. The only thing is, like, in Rogue One, I think he was my least favorite character. I would rather see a movie on the two buddy dudes, like the big buff guy and the the blind force user. Like a lethal weapon? Yeah. Yeah, right? Get Danny Glover up in this. Danny Glover on this. Be like, man, I am one with the force, and I was about to retire. <laughs> he's I'm on too old for this he's <laughs> on the He's on the bathroom toilet. Like, from... <laughs> All right, and we're still not done. Uh, there is really? also The Acolyte, which is Leslie Headland, Emmy Award-nominated creator of the mind-bending series Russian Doll, which I've never heard of, brings a new never. Star Wars series to Disney Plus with The Acolyte. The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. era. I, I, I feel like the shadowy secret seems well i mean it's the uh, star wars has that dark side of like all the drugs and spices and all that stuff that the huts deal in oh really oh, so you, you went underworld with it i went sith night sister dark side of the force which it could be because it does say shadowy secrets and dark side powers i don't know how this powers. is gonna do okay not everything is gonna be mandalorian level hit right they some are these, throwing a lot these. of stuff at disney plus right now they're like here 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 well they gotta <laughs> capitalize they realize that right now mandalorian is doing so well they gotta strike while they got people's attention yeah green light all the star wars stuff that we've had sitting there <laughs> let's yeah. green light that show about underground drugs they're gonna have stuff for the hardcore fans they're going to have stuff for the Baby Yoda fans. They're going to have stuff for the casual Star Wars fans. And I just, I want, I want all of it. This I want, give me lot. that, give me like, uh, Legion was a good example. Of, like, Are you talking about the like X-Men it? show? Brilliant show. I loved it. Oh, Lord. Oh my God. Really? You got to get past all the, uh, what's going on stuff. And then once you start figuring out what's going on, it's great. They start talking about Professor X and everything. It's, it's good. It's good. Um, but it's, it's, it's. It's something. It's something different, right? Yeah. There, there are people that like just the X Men movies. There are people that like Deadpool, and then there are people that like the like the you know the this type of stuff, right? Because the fan base right now, because of the Mandalorian, is all over the place. So what's, that's what's amazing about the show is it speaks to all of them. It speaks. Oh, to yeah. I mean, Tom's sister is watching it. Oh yeah, my sister in Texas, Pauline, is 
watching The Mandalorian. Because my nephew, Saad, who we need to have on the podcast. Like, we need to have Saad on the podcast if we're talking Star Wars. He's a big Star Wars fan also. So him and my sister, they'll watch it, and then they'll talk about it the next day. Come on. Uh, we should have Saad on. We just have to figure on. out how to do that. It's the same way. But we're right. not done yet. Oh we got God, more. more. Oh, dude, bring him. All so, of them. next, Star Wars The Bad Batch. The series follows an elite and experimental clones of the Bad Batch, first introduced in the Clone Wars, as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of Clone War. Members of Bad Batch, a unique squad of clones who are who vary genetically from their brothers in the clone army, each possess a singular exceptional skill which makes them extraordinary effective soldiers and formidable crew. In the post-Clone War era, they will take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find new purpose. The animated series will arrive exclusively on Disney+. Plus. So there's a sizzle for the Bad Batch if you wanted to watch it. They call themselves the Bad Batch. an impressive display. I can not wait. <laughs> so you already know. Oh my god, I, that looks like Thunderhawk. It does. So you've already watched Clone Wars, right? Like, it says it mentions oh, them. You don't know about Rex and Fives and Echo. Uh, come on, bro. When I first saw these dudes, right, before I actually committed to watching the show, I was like, come on, this is lame, right? Because they were trying to spin the whole thing of, like, well, the clones are going to grow their own personalities, right? right. And so they, they all have different haircuts, and they do different, like, things to say that they're, you know, they're individuals. There's, you know, that's what on the surface, that's what I saw. And I was like, oh, God, stop it. You know, but after watching the Clone Wars and committing to, you know, giving it a chance, the Bad Batch of Clone Troopers are probably some of my favorite characters, which I never would have thought in, in the animated series. If Moving you on. thought we were done, guess what? There's oh, more. Oh, my more God. Here. So next in line is Star Wars Visions. Presenting an all-new creative take on the galaxy far, far away, Star Wars Visions will be a series of animated short films celebrating Star Wars through the lens of the world's best anime creators. The anthology... Dude! No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. It's just awesome. The anthology collection will bring 10 fantastic visions from several of the leading Japanese anime studios, offering a fresh, diverse cultural perspective on Star Wars. Oh, that's brilliant. So there is that's a... brilliant. The Matrix did something like this. Back in the DVD days, right, when people would collect DVDs, which 
guilty. I had a wall of DVDs at one point. <laughs> Same. I was very much into The Matrix, and The Matrix did a Animatrix a series of short anime-style films about the world of The Matrix. And there's one last oh Star Wars gosh, thing. Oh my gosh, it seems like forever. <laughs> Hang on, I want to hear Amy's take on the Star Wars anime series. Uh, yeah. Since you're Japanese. I'm not... <laughs> Chinese, if you want to be specific. No, but I don't like anime at all, so I'm going to pass on this. Oh, no. <laughs> so I know Tom Tom is in the same boat, though. He doesn't like anime. Either. No. Overall, not a fan. Other than I had to choose planets. my battles of what I liked and didn't like. And if Tom didn't like it, then I didn't like it, because it was a lot. That's right, woman. I see what's going on even though all of your favorite 80s animated shows have roots in anime, right? Okay, and let's Homer, just, okay, like, side yeah, oh, side quest. Voltron. Side, I, w- side, I was a child and didn't know better. Okay, side, <laughs> side quest. Tom will tell you, did I watch cartoons? No, Amy did not watch cartoons when she was little. Deprived. That's okay. All she watched was The Littles. Do you the remember little? The Littles? Yes, of course I remember The Littles. That was the only show I watched. Have you watched, do you ever watch, do you guys watch, uh, you don't like anime, Studio Ghibli did a movie that was sort of like The Littles. It was called The Secret World of, oh, I forget. Nymph? Nymph? I think so. Is it? The yes. one about the rats? Yeah. But yeah, 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 I didn't watch yeah. it. What? Yeah, it was a great movie. It's no, great I didn't movie. watch. I didn't two. watch cartoons, and that's one of it's the. A movie. I know, but and it's just in general. This is one of the things that Tom and I argue about, or he argues with me about, is the fact that I don't. I never watched cartoons, so there's a lot of stuff that like he talks about. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. What about Ducktales? Did you watch Ducktales? No. Yes. What? She you watch Uncle Scrooge? Uh, no. Swimming in money. No. You know how dirty that money was, and he would just spit it out. He would eat it and spit it out. It's gross. No. What well, else? What else did you used to watch? Everything that you didn't. Thundercats. Also every every no. Saturday morning cartoon. No. No Thundercats. No He Man. No. Ultimate test. Michael, have you ever heard of a cartoon called Fawns in the Happy Days Gang? Oh, for the love of God. Actually, I have not, but it doesn't surprise me that there is a Fawns in the Happy Days Gang. It's awful. They and... go around in a time machine. Oh no, really? <laughs> it's so bad. And I had to... so one Christmas, I finally tracked it down for him. And I think you watched ten minutes of it, and you're like, "This is awful." It is. It is really awful. My childhood was not very clear. So, were they trying to capitalize on Scooby Doo? Is that what was going on? Like, if you look at old 80s comics you remember you know back in the day in the middle of the page it'd be like on NBC Saturday morning and it'd have like Thundar and all these things in in one of those corner is Fonz and the Happy Days Gang you'll actually see it what was your favorite Saturday morning cartoon oh see I I grew up in a a bit of a different generation so I besides the obvious Batman animated series and the X-Men series right uh, there was Eek the Cat. There was Bobby's World. I don't think the Animaniacs were Saturday morning cartoon, but like the um, Tiny Toon Adventures. I'm not sure if they were Saturday morning, but it was it was basically Fox Kids Saturday yeah. morning cartoon. Yeah. What was your favorite? Well, I had too many back then, but I'd probably say... Thundar the Barbarian. The year 1994. From out of space comes a runaway planet hurtling between the Earth and the moon. Unleashing cosmic destruction.
man's civilization is cast in ruin. 2,000 years later, Earth is reborn. A strange new world rises from the old. A world of savagery, super science, and sorcery. But one man bursts his bonds to fight for justice. With his companions, Ukla the Mock and Princess Ariel, he pits his strength, his courage, and his fabulous sun sword against the forces of evil. He is Thundar, the Barbarian. Back in the day. But then X-Men came out, and that was probably my ultimate Oh, that, that blew the lid off of everything. Yeah, X-Men changed everything. I rode a bike. I rode a bike? I never heard of that show. <laughs> All right. <laughs> one last Star Wars one. It's called A Droid Story. As Lucasfilm continues to develop new stories, the intersection of animation and visual effects offers a new opportunity to explore. Lucasfilm Animation will be teaming up with Lucasfilm's visual effects team, ILM, to develop a special Star Wars adventure for Disney+. Plus. A Droid Story. This epic journey will introduce us to a new hero guided by legendary duo R2-D2 and C-3PO. Aww, this super cute gay couple. <laughs> Disappointed that it's not R5. And then they also talk about... Why would, why, I, I, I bet you R5 will have some sort of a cameo. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They're going to all have cameos. Dude, Robot Butler and Robot Trash Can are going to run into Robot Motivator. And then, unrelated to Star Wars, Lucasfilm is currently in pre-production for the next installment of Indiana Jones. At the helm is James Mangold, director of Academy Award-winning uh, Ford vs. Ferrari. And, of course, Indy himself, Harrison Ford, will be back to continue the iconic character's journey. Indy will begin shooting late spring 2021 and will arrive in July 2022. How old is Harrison Ford? And then this one I'm really excited about. The last one I'll talk about. Willow coming to Disney Plus will be set decades after Ron Howard's 1988 movie. Continuing the spirit of adventure of heroics, humor of the original film, Warwick Davis will return in the role of the great sorcerer Willow uh, Ufgood with John Chu, director of the groundbreaking Crazy Rich Asians, which Amy, I'm sure you watched, (laughs) (laughs) directing the pilot. Willow begins shooting next March in Wales and will debut on Disney Plus in 2022. Finally, the Lucasfilm catalog. Dion Warwick, that they're bringing him back for another Willow movie. Yeah. Not Dion Warwick, Warwick Davis. Oh, same. No, Dion Warwick like is a Danny black Glover. woman <laughs> that, sings, <laughs> that sings that's what friends are for. <laughs> oh, the psychic lady? No. <laughs> I've never seen Willow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to talk to you. So to summarize, we have Rogue Squadron. <laughs> we have an untitled film by Taki. Taika Watiki. Yeah, that guy. We have Obi-Wan Kenobi, we have Ahsoka, Sorry, Rangers of the New Republic, Lando, Andor, The Alkalite, Star Wars The Bad Batch, Star Wars Visions, and A Droid Story. And Willow. I feel like this is too much. Nah. It would have been cool if they announced that they were going to continue Solo on Disney Plus as well. Solo didn't do well. So it didn't do well, and it was a, an, an okay, it was a decent movie. It wasn't as bad as people make it out to be. Well, the problem is a lot of people protested against Star Wars because they didn't like how Rey was so popular. So a lot of so, people didn't even give Solo, Solo a chance. Was, yeah, Solo to me, my problem with Solo was that it was fan service done wrong. And they answered questions that a lot of people didn't really give a 
like his last name, where he got his blaster, uh, the dice. Otherwise, though, it was fine. It was okay. It wasn't the best. I do wish, though, that they would give the opportunity for someone to come up and clean up Han Solo's, like, young years. I'll be okay with that. They did a better job with Solo than they did the prequels. Like, I didn't need to understand where the Force came from. I know that. I didn't need that. I was good with... It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. All right. Yeah, I was okay with that, too. Hang on, before we continue, I have two things. Um, it's great watching The Mandalorian and going back and watching shows with people that have n either never seen or are not familiar with the um, Star Wars universe. So I've watched uh, Mandalorian with, uh, with, with my girlfriend, Brittany, and she pointed something out that I've always noticed, but I've never put into words. And she said, it's funny how droids get bugged out when stuff happens around them. Right, because there was a scene where they're they're in the cantina and like it's really early on in the first season and there's a shootout happens and then the bartending droid is like freaking out behind the bar <laughs> and it's like these dudes are robots but they still freak out and I just thought of C three PO C three PO bugs out it's in his core programming to bug out. No, I'm sorry to chime in from way over here, but the whole thing it was you're a robot you would think just duck. Yeah, just move out of the way. Right away. They, go, ah! they start panicking in the middle of the chaos. I don't know if they can duck very well. And also another thing that Alicia pointed out while we were watching, you know, like this was way back. Like, we're, Alicia and I are well in this, like we're caught up. And she says like, wow, there sure are a lot of uh, little people in the show. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what it is about George Lucas, but he loves hiring little people, casting little people. Do you think of the Jawas, the Ewoks, Willow, like... Uh, uh, I think originally Luke Skywalker was supposed to be a little person in his original ideas for Star Wars. I don't know what it is about George Lucas, but he definitely loves his little people. I think it shows like a lot of diversity because you don't see a lot of little people in other like space films. Mm -mm. You know, like nope. in Star Trek, you have the dudes with the big ears. I can't remember what they're called. Not the Klingons. They're short and they have a super red face. Ah, uh, dude, you're, yeah, I'm sure you're upsetting a lot of people that are listening. All three people that are listening. Yeah. All three people. <laughs> so I've seen all of the movies. Mm -hmm. I've seen some of the shows, like from when my father watched it. I've seen some of the uh, new generation stuff, but I honestly don't remember a lot of little people. Whereas in Star Wars, like you said, you have Jawas, Ewoks, like all these little people running around, like other little aliens at the bar, the dude that looks like a little mouse. I wonder if it's just like... A handful of the same little dudes just changing costumes, or if it's all different dudes? Well, you know that there was a bunch, at least for the Ewoks, because at any given time, there's like 20 Ewoks running around on the screen. Again, Dionne Warwick, one of the wicked. Not Dionne Warwick. Warwick Dion Davis, I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> Dionne Warwick saying that's what friends are for. Right? Every time yeah. you say it, I feel like I want to edit the podcast, so that a clip of that song comes on real quick. Yeah. <laughs> She also was um, she also was Whitney Houston's aunt. Do you want to talk about the Soka episode? Ah, that was a good episode. Oh, what a great episode! Actually, um, this is definitely has um, Filoni's uh, fingerprints all over it. Written and directed by no other way that and nobody else would. There's no way nobody else would be directing this or touching this episode. Because Ahsoka is essentially, is, has become Dave Filoni's um, top character, right? Um, right off the bat, 
we get Ahsoka, right? The opening scene is Ahsoka kind of hunting down these um, these soldiers out in the woods, and she has her white sabers. So, do you guys know the? Uh, I don't want to say the meaning, but the significance of the white lightsaber. It's the opposite of the dark saber. It is the opposite of the red saber. Oh. So, do you know what bleeding a lightsaber is? I always thought lightsabers color varied from the crystal so there you know what there's there's a lot of um there's a lot of sort of different takes on this and i don't know if these are all just like rewrites and rehashes but yes uh ultimately the the color of the crystal is what gives the lightsaber the color the sith on the other hand they um they bleed crystals right so they and essentially and i might be wrong on this and quite possibly i am but they infuse it with the dark side of the force and their hatred, and it takes multiple. It takes a lot of time to do this. They have to basically meditate on the crystal and infuse hate, and they bleed it red. And Ahsoka essentially does the opposite of this. So she she purifies. purifies she yeah, purifies, purifies sabers. She has two red sabers that she purifies white. So she pulls them back, and you know, if so, fat so, we got white sabers now. Which is pretty cool. So this Ahsoka is an older one than the comic. Uh, the Rosario Dawson is, is is out there trying to to spoiler alert, right? If you've gotten this far into the episode, she's trying to get information on where uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn is. Fascinating character, excellent character. He's basically the Moriarty of the Star Wars universe, and just the the cinematography in this episode is is friggin amazing the interaction between ahsoka and mando is awesome we've not seen um, mando meet someone that has sort of where he's met his match <laughs> well i feel like mando also kind of like surrendered quickly because he knew that she may have been the one to help him that he came here to look for i was talking to a co-worker named chris cronkite and he was talking about how he kind of wished that they showed more of the new Jedi fighting, which is the stupid yeah. jumping around. And I can't stand that. Like, personally, I don't like... Like, when I saw Yoda jumping around like a booger ball, I was like, that's stupid. A booger ball? Yeah, those little booger rubber ball. balls that you throw really hard and they bounce forever. Uh, super bouncy ball, by the way. Yeah, I just call them... But I like booger... <laughs> I call them booger balls. So I actually like that they just kind of focused on her thing of, like, where she attacks... And then steps into the shadow, and you can't see her. You just see her lightsabers going dim again, and they're firing directly in between the two lightsabers and not hitting her. I love that ghost effect that they did with her. That was such a good thing. I love that. Damn but I do that. like one thing. I'd like to mention is is I, I think Dave Filoni did what George Lucas was trying to do with the um, Obi Wan Darth Vader fight in A New Hope. Where it was a very slow... It was a calculated uh, fight. A slow, calculated fight. Because George Lucas was obviously... He tried to... Many people know that he tried to model his movies after like the old samurai films, right? Yeah, he even said so in the book. Yep, yep. So if you watch these some of these old samurai films, like these samurais, like they, they took their time. They yeah. would set up, they would stop, they would, you know... Two-handed. Stance. And that, so that's what... George was trying to do, and it just came off like two old guys that just got woken up from a nap. Ahsoka <laughs> definitely fought in that manner. Really, really, I'm glad, and I enjoyed it. I'm really glad they did that instead of, you're right, the 
the the the jumping and the flipping and the you know what I mean and yeah. the choreograph gymnast stuff that they did in the prequels. And as much as I as I didn't like the sequel movies, I did actually enjoy the lightsaber duels between Rey and Kylo. You know, I like how Kylo fights. Kylo actually fights like he's fighting with a broadsword. He takes these big long swing yes like hard swings he feels like he's exerting a lot of energy with every swing which was i i did appreciate i did like what did you think of them giving the child a name i'm, I'm okay with it you like not, the name no i don't like the name <laughs> i can't stand the name really uh, i can't i don't like it and the part of the problem is when i think of it i think of groot he is star wars group baby yeah, Groot. he's baby Groot. It's, but he needs a backstory. Which I think they're, they're building work on. a backstory for yeah. him, obviously, and they had to give him a name. It's fine. You know what? It's like whatever it's gonna be. It's gonna be weird at first, but uh, we'll get used to it, and then he'll be that. Otherwise, he'll always be known as Baby Yoda. That's yeah. I mean, you know, like his I nickname. See. It's gonna be his nickname. I do like that she had mentioned Yoda in the episode. Yeah. She said, "I have seen." You know, like I haven't seen someone like him in fifty years, mm-hmm, or something like mm-hmm. that. Whatever Rosario, whatever studying of the character that Rosario Dawson did is spot on. She is Ahsoka. It's 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 not just her just like taking a role. She studied this character because her mannerisms, um, her facial expressions, everything. She went method with it, I think, and she did a great job. And Rosario Dawson, God bless her, man. She's been in some stuff. Daredevil, uh, Sin City. She's a, a nerd cult hero, yeah, in my uh, opinion. She's, she's, she's we had to look her up. Like, we both were like, we kind of know no, who that is. I said, I said, I think that's Rosario Dawson. I literally said, yeah. I think that's Rosario Dawson when we watched it. You thought it was the girl from a certain movie. Yeah, The Rundown. There. The Rundown, but you didn't Which say is it. Rosario Dawson. But you didn't say her name. Is the run the rundown is with uh, the Rock, right? Yes. Well, you know the Rock is Tom's. The Rock <laughs> yes, needs to be in Star Wars. <laughs> he was like the Rock is like uh, Tom's uh, idol. Yeah, he's like the, the 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 Danny Glover of the 2000s for him. <laughs> anyway, so I recognize <laughs> I recognize Rosario Dawson from the rundown. Is where I said and I didn't recognize her from Daredevil. I didn't even think about Daredevil. Like when I think Rosario Dawson, I think of. The rundown, because I've watched the rundown probably a hundred times. All right, so now we're moving on to the... Yes, moving on to the Boba Fett episode. I have a question that me and Cronkite also got in a discussion about. You know when Mando puts the child on that stone and then all the energy pops up? Now, do you think that is the child using the force, or do you think that's something magical about that stone that the child is channeling into? I think it's something magical uh, about the stone that the child, because he has the force, is... It's a combination of both, yeah, right? Yeah. If Mando sat on that stone, there's no way yeah. he it would channel that. But And if the child sat on anywhere other than that stone, outside of that stone, you would... So it's a combination. But do you think it's the child that was creating that energy around the stone? No, it's a stone. No, I think it's stone. Thank you. That's what I told Cronkite. I just wanted to solve that argument between. No, you and oh my I. God! I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> it's like it's like Cronkite, not Mike. Chris. Oh. Yeah, oh, I went to junior high with a Mike Cronkite. 
I whatever. Did you ride bikes with him? <laughs> anyway, so the rest of the Boba Fett episode, what do you want to talk about? Either one of you. No, that, that, that's the lighthouse, though. That's it's it's a lighthouse. It's it's like um, a torch is just a torch, and a tower is just a tower, right? But if you put that torch and the tower on a shore, then you send the signal out, right? You send the signal that, hey, there's something here. Oh, look at something right? very deep. So anyway, the rest of the Boba Fett episode, was there anything you guys wanted to discuss about that? I think this so, is all my go. So much. Okay, here we go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so let's get past the fact that, yay, Boba Fett is back, right? Boba Fett was dope. He looked a little chubby, but I'm just going to guess that he's jacked. Right, rip slave, uh, not slave one. The um, oh my god, what's the name of uh, Injaran's ship? The uh, razor, razor, not razor claw, no, not razor, razor claw. crest, razor crest, rip razor crest. I was really that was probably the the saddest part of that episode to me when I saw that thing blow up because they're not bringing that thing back. No, um, no, but at least the beacon's gone. The beacon. Yeah, you remember oh, they've been tracking. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, okay, uh, Boba Fett using the uh, the Tuscan. Uh, I forget what the name of the stick is. The uh, the the staff thing. And just showing that that Boba Fett can get down. He doesn't need his armor. Yeah. To be the most like vicious friggin' dude in the galaxy, like he was destroying stormtroopers with that staff. So just really quick, um, one of the things um, that I always thought was weird. I mean, I liked. Boba Fett, right, when he appeared in uh, Empire and, and Return, he was always back then hailed as, like, the greatest character. You know, he caught Han Solo. And I'm like, nah, actually Vader caught Solo. Like, Boba Fett had nothing to do with it. Like, he was just there to pick up the cargo. So Boba Fett had this really big reputation, and everyone says it's from the books, blah, blah, blah. This time, now we see why Boba Fett should have the reputation that he has of being a bad so my brother, shout out Dennis Moreno. He had a he had a gripe. He said I like the episode, but I don't like that Boba Fett was just so quick to jump on board and be like, okay, we're friends. I'm gonna help you. Let's go. Right. What What did you guys think about that? He just wanted his armor back because that's a part mm-hmm. of who he is. Right. And Mando agreed to it, and Boba Fett made an agreement that said we will make sure that the child is safe. So don't you think, and this is my brother's point, was that it was just a little convenient that he was just like, uh, that Boba Fett was just so willing to just all of a sudden say, hey, I'm just going to help you out. Here's my take on this. I think, and this was my, this is what I told my brother. I think that, and just, it's just for, to, to, to sort of lay down the groundwork. Boba Fett is Jon Favreau's favorite Star Wars character, right? John Favreau was supposed to direct the episode. He wrote it, but he was supposed to direct it, but he had a family emergency and could not direct it. He got Robert Rodriguez, who I friggin' love, to direct the episode. Right? That's just an aside. So just just so you know that I think, and this is my theory here, that Boba Fett is still a gray character. We've now associated the Mandalorians with this whole honor culture. The most we know about the Mandalorians, aside from Bo-Katan and all those, is from Din Djarin, right? We, we know that um, it's, a, it's a, very, um, a very narrow perspective on the Mandalorian culture from a cultist, from a zealot, right? From Din Djarin. So not all Mandalorians are as 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 I don't say narrow-minded for lack of a better term 
I don't think he is as staunch a Mandalorian as um, as Din Djarin is. I think he's still hired by um, by maybe not Vader now, but maybe uh, uh, Moff Gideon. But I think that um, that Boba Fett is still just the highest bidder. On top of that, I bet the um, the uh, 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 what's his name? Oh Jesus Christ! The the, the blue. Oh, are you talking about Thrawn? Grand Admiral Thrawn is pulling strings on everybody. Grand Admiral Thrawn is our Thanos in this in, in, in this world. Which one? You haven't seen him yet. Have not seen him. Have not seen him. He's been in Rebels and Clone Wars, and he comes from the books originally. What do you think about Boba Fett being an actual bad guy in the show, and that Thrawn is pulling the strings of Mock Gideon, is pulling the strings of Boba like, I wouldn't be surprised if Boba Fett is still a bad guy, but I don't think he's working for Moff Gideon. Like, if he's a bad guy, it'll be for something else. Because if he was working for Moff Gideon, why even help Mando when all the stormtroopers arrive? Why not side with the stormtroopers, try to take out Mando? For the story. To sell Boba Fett. Yeah, but you could still have that same story of, you know... All, Mando's beating all these stormtroopers, down comes Boba Fett as the last resource and takes out Mando. Use that as a cliffhanger versus having Boba Fett come in the middle, do some fighting. Yeah, you know what? I'll help you. Let's go. I'm going to betray you next episode. I feel like it would have been a better cliffhanger to just have him come at the end if he's going to be the bad guy. Do we think we're going to see Boba Fett for the rest of the season? Well, there's probably, I think that was episode five, and I think the average eight per season. So there's going to be three more probably, which means we'll see him for sure next one. Because he's going to be in Slave 1. I mean, if we're going to go in the route, if you're saying that John Favreau thinks that Boba Fett is his favorite character, I just don't see him making Boba Fett a bad character. What you do then is you're writing him out of the series at that point. Well, I think Boba Fett might have his own series coming up. Uh, I know he's not... We started it off with reading all those things coming. and Yeah, I don't think John Favreau will sell himself short and just make Boba Fett all of a sudden a hero. He already has Din Djarin for that. I honestly think that he will make Boba Fett the bad guy. I see Boba Fett is a version of Loki, where you he's a bad guy. Is he a good guy? Is he, He's still working for the higher evil, but I could see him being a, a Loki-type character. Where, where he's only he working all, for himself. You know, that I was going to say, that's the thing about Loki. Loki didn't work for anyone. Loki worked to his benefit. But I don't think Boba Fett is as straightforward as, I told you I was going to do this, now we're going to do this, get in my ship, I'm going to Uber you there. Uh, I think there's a lot more to Boba Fett than, than meets the eye at this point. Yeah, I mean, there could be for yeah. sure. Can you imagine, like, getting in your Uber app and then, like, your car that's coming, Slave One. Yeah, Slave One. Slave one. The, the picture yeah. of the driver's Boba Fett's helmet. Uh, mm-hmm. Pass to the next driver. Can I swipe right on this driver? So so let's touch on another thing. I, I honestly think that Thrawn is going to be the, um, the, the Thanos of the Disney Plus world. I actually think he could be the connective tissue between all three sequels of or, or of trilogies of movies, and I think Filoni's the dude to do that. And he's I, I've all, I'm already kind of seeing it 
a little bit, especially if you've watched, you know, Rebels and Clone Wars and all the animated stuff. And based on all the, the things that we're seeing that are coming out, I don't know, man, that's my take. I think, um, I think Boba Fett is a great character. I think he's still working for the Empire much as he did in the original trilogy. I think Thrawn is pulling all the strings, and I think he is the Thanos of our Disney Plus Filoni-verse. We'll see what happens. I will find out tomorrow. Yes. Uh, part of it, anyways. <laughs> I, and, and just to conclude, I think that at some point, at some point, I think that uh, Din Djarin is going to die, and uh, Baby Yoda will be the foundling that becomes the next Mandalorian. But see, so who who could rule Mandalore, right? The dark saber, whoever holds the dark saber rules Mandalore. So here is here is the people think that it, it, it'll be Bo-Katan because she's a rifle heir. Now all of a sudden, Boba Fett, because of his lineage, he has a right to 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 hold the lightsaber and rule Mandalore. Um, Din Djarin for the story, right? Because the audience loves Din Djarin and they would love to see him be the the. Mandalore, the leader of the Mandalorians, um, but also Mandalore was a basically a Jedi Mandalorian. Who's the Jedi Mandalorian at this moment? Who's the current Jedi Mandalorian? The child, Groku. He's a Jedi Mandalorian. He can hold that dark saber, the dark saber that um, that Moff Gideon has. So there we have we have a few. Um, a few. We're in the Game of Thrones territory here, to be honest with you. I love so it. there's only two more shows left. Oh, two more episodes in this season. Yeah. But then we have all the shows that Tom mentioned earlier in this episode. Where are we going with this? Well, we'll when tomorrow, of, um, and then one right before that. Christmas, right? And yep. then. And then we hibernate. Then we're sad again. Oh, that's my secret, Captain. I'm always sad. <laughs> I'll be happy though at the end of December because my other show comes back Vikings. on. Yes. Vikings. Vikings. Oh nice. It'll be on Amazon Prime exclusive instead of the History Channel for anyone who's listening. Oh. And on that note, you guys have a wonderful night. I am tapped out. Alright, sounds good. Alright. We'll talk to you later. Alright, love you guys. Love Thanks. you guys. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening, the three of you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, sod. We can actually call out the people that are listening. <laughs> call out. Ready? Uh, Dennis Moreno, Bo Bennett, Brittany Ahern. Sod. Uh, Chris Cronkite. Who else? Who do we got? That's we about got? it. Right? That's about it. Yeah. Thank you, you five subscribers. Out. Yeah, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Facebook. <laughs> Not, Smash that like button. button. Mention you. <laughs> Bye. All right. See you, sir. Thank you for listening to the Comic Relief Podcast. You can find us at comicreliefpodcast.com or you can go to facebook.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast or you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash comicreliefc. Or you can find us on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash comic relief podcast. If you enjoyed the music at the beginning of this podcast, please visit Taylor Davis's website. She did the cover of the song. Uh, you can go to her website at taylordavisviolin.com. You can visit her YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash user forward slash violin. T-A-Y. Please go visit her website. 
visit her YouTube page, subscribe.